Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every week and discuss the important things in life. Like, oh my god, we're starting in like a week! I don't know who these players are! I, I don't have any music! All my NPCs are bad, and I'm, I'm bad at everything, and... Uh, I need to take a break. You just hit way too close to home for me there. Like, that wasn't a joke, that was me this morning. That is me every day at the moment. Well, <laughs> thank goodness this week uh, we have to help us each other out, to help all of us out. It is uh, Jace, Chase Greenley. Hello. Uh, we have Emily Kuklinski, also known as the Punny Emily. Hello. And we have Owen Piper. What's good, my dudes? Also myself, Alpha Clark, uh, also known as Penny Blue. So uh, this week we're talking about dealing with the stress of a new campaign. Uh, a subject that is currently near and dear to my heart um, because I'm starting like a one-on-one campaign tonight after this and also then in two weeks time I'm starting a live streamed game Mm. (sighs) a one-on-one game yes I don't wow. know how that's going to go at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I've done a couple of those, but I've never done like a long form one. That's interesting. Mm. I've always wanted to do that, but like I'm I'm bad at DMing. So I just I, I think my, my latent insecurities <laughs> would be magnified by the fact I'm performing for one person. <laughs> so that's... Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of how I feel as well. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, I, like I don't know how long form it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, at least a little while, but... Yeah, it won't be just like put a, a, just put a, just put a brass dragon as the first encounter. It only be only be one session. It's fine. <laughs> well, this was very short and tidy, and you know, I really, I, I could really relate to uh, the struggle of the main characters. <laughs> it's a dragon. I'm dead. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, before before we started, we were talking uh, about some stuff that helps us deal with the stress. Um, uh, I liked I, I liked that everyone because uh, I spoke a little bit to Ismi about it as well. But I like that pretty much everyone was talking about um, places. I, a lot of people mentioned libraries, basically, mm, <laughs> and I find this absolutely. very relatable. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know em- Emily, you, um, you you brought up um, libraries before. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where, what kind of what kind of places do you guys go to um, study? I guess I guess it's essentially like general study techniques, right? Yeah, it's uh, the General Studies Program for Dungeon Masters, and it meets every Friday in the library, <laughs> unofficially. Um, I dearly remember. <laughs> and I love it so much. It's the only class I haven't failed yet. <laughs> Close. But haven't officially failed. Um, the library's just great, because... Uh, everyone's quiet in there. Sometimes there are like individual rooms that you can kind of rent out and you can listen to your music without your headphones in. Mm. Um, mm. And people generally like to help you. And sometimes there are, there are dra- Dungeons and Dragons books at your local library, which is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I know. Nebraska is very uh, forward thinking in its libraries. <laughs> Sometime I found a dungeon master guide once and I'm like, Ooh, wow, I will check you out. I need, we need cooler libraries. I mean, we do. My, my local library has a, has like D and D sessions, like public sessions that happen there. I, I found out recently. That's awesome. Ooh. That's yeah. actually really rad. Yeah. Are they like golf? Are they like golf games where it's like, I'm the dragon. <laughs> I'm the dragon. Oh my God. What? what do you do? I, I'd, I'd like to uh, cast um, a, fi- a fire ball uh, at the, at the Excuse dragon. Me, can you, 
can can you roll those dice quieter, please? <laughs> Someone trying to sleep in the in the corner. Please roll your felt dice. That is. A it's it's like foam, di- just foam dice, just so they don't like you know those ones you have as kids, like the big like the big foam d sixes you had as a child. Yep. Yeah. Um, like those, those I D20 want a big foam d twenty real bad. That's oh, so good. Oh, can you now. imagine just having a whole you, you like you have the big this just like this big area and huge foam dice when, whenever you play D anD D. That's it's amazing. For very important roles. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can cheese that one. You joke. We actually had like a big sort of like, like glow, glowing D twenty that my dungeon master would roll for important roles, mm-hmm. uh, usually to kill us, and it would like flash when it hit a crit one or like a twenty or something. That was pretty fun. <laughs> nice. It was not nice. It usually it usually meant we die. <laughs> I want the sad trombones for the crit ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um yeah the library definitely i yeah i haven't i haven't been in my local library for a while it's it's a good shout and also you can always peruse not just D stuff but all of the all of the other stuff i like looking at mostly books about old boats for some reason mm-hmm. there's just something really relaxing about old boats i guess mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all it's all for inspiration and stuff right it's exactly. not just because you're a giant a humongous nerd no of course not <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i should i should probably spend more time in the library though I, I i tend to want to relax with beer in the in the in the immortal words of uh reinhardt <laughs> uh Fair enough. i spend i for some reason my the local pub i tend to end up like doing my nerd shit in the back there you are the second person this week who has recommended uh writing D in a bar uh, my my in-person gm uh zan this week actually recommended uh that they, they, that's where they wrote the bulk of uh their uh, their game this week and apparently it was a fantastic experience to the point where i'm seriously considering going down to my local brew place by myself and just you know taking 10 bucks and trying to get the last of what i need written hammered out mm. you see that's interesting to me because i don't imagine anyone going to a bar to work on D&D. Like, we have some uh, board game cafes and bars mm. here, mm. but we don't really have, like, a bar where I would feel comfortable working on my D&D stuff. <laughs> I think it's because... I don't want to bring up, like, the race divide too much, but um, an English pub is a very different atmosphere to a bar, I feel. Yeah. Like, That's I fair. could quite... I could quite happily go to my local and just sit... Like, in fact, we used to have game nights there all the time. So I could quite happily go to my local, sit in the lounge and just write shit if I wanted to. Mm. I don't want to, yeah. because <laughs> socialising with other humans scares me. But I could if I was a normal person, hypothetically. Yeah. yeah. It's So are British pubs just like libraries? It's all really quiet and you guys don't want to disturb anybody? I'm just kind of imagining that right now. Like someone gets wasted and you're like, shh, stop. Well, I think what is here. probably more familiar to that kind of environment, at least here in the U.S., would be writing in a uh, coffee shop, which is where I tend to do a lot of my writing. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. we've got a, in town, we've got this fantastic little used bookstore and coffee shop that is, uh, you know, it is a place, they have uh, board game days and nights on uh, usually Thursday nights. I feel like I've seen a lot of people because uh, we also have, uh, I'm a part of a theater board, and we have our meetings there. And while we're having our meetings, there's about 15 people with a three-foot-tall stack of board games that they all bring in, and they <laughs> take turns playing it. Um, 
and also the youth theater organization that my wife works for, a lot of the kids from that organization straight up played D&D there on Sundays. The choreographer ran them for a while, and it was a really good time for all of them. Like, it is a... Uh, this place specifically is a fantastic environment for doing whatever nerd shit you need to get done. Awesome. I think with, yeah, I think, I, I think with, with, with pubs, like I, I remember a quote from like a, uh, an American guy on his travel blog when he visited it, like it was like a list of things that he learned about England. And one of them was like, pubs are actually more like community living rooms. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounds nice. Which 100% like is how I see it. That's a, there's a reason they're called public houses more than sort of like mm. piss holes where you get drunks. Can I pitch this to you all though? Can we get like a library that serves booze? Ooh. My wife is also a librarian. I'll run a fire. Excellent. Because <laughs> I feel like that that kind of like marries the two concepts of library. It's a very quiet bar or pub, mm-hmm. but it serves some some good booze. Mm. But you got to be quiet if you're in there. I'm about that. I'm, I'm trying to make jokes. I don't. I write in my bedroom, like, and it's not particularly interesting. So I'm just like, ha I can be the funny joke gremlin for this particular portion of the episode. <laughs> I don't, I'm not taking that as a joke. I want that. All I oh, want yeah. in a bar is for me to have a place where I can go and have a quiet conversation with another human being and not have to shout over the goddamn music. <laughs> I mean, I completely relate. We are we are sort of just talking about yeah. This is like. <laughs> Pet gripes about bars now, <laughs> but I'm 100 percent behind it. Mm-hmm. We have a oh, sorry. We I know that we're just supposed to talk about D and D, but we have a bar. Uh, it's in Lincoln, uh, where there are like two separate areas. So like there's well there's technically three. Like there's an outdoor area where people can smoke if they want to. Then there's like a lounge area, usually where like stand up comedy is, and then there's like the standing area, and like the volume changes all throughout the volume changes oh, depending yeah, on where like, you are in the bar yeah so if you're in the lounge you could talk to people and hear yourself if you're in the standing area it's a little louder because that's where people are getting drinks and like standing around and then outside it's also quieter because people just kind of want to go out there for fresh air mm-hmm. and smoke i guess i like that bar <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> just no, just my nice. two cents <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of value to um, going to other places to study, uh, just to deal with stress. I'm, no, I'm sure that anyone who's ever been a student who is listening to this already knows this valuable, valuable lesson. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> this is places... this is our crossover university episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot like it is a lot like studying for an end of term. <laughs> But yeah, and and also and one thing I am a huge fan of is I, I recently found I, I have acquired noise cancelling headphones and that is the most relaxing thing I've ever experienced in my life. I did uh-huh. not know that noise was so bad. It's the worst, right? <laughs> noise is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever gotten a chance to do any like sensory deprivation stuff? No. Yeah, that is a thing that is slowly making its way across the United States, and it is really trippy. Like, I live in northwest Ohio, which is not exactly the most re- metropolitan area of the country. Uh, but we have at least, we have one for sure, and I think they're talking about expanding into two float spas, where they have sensory deprivation uh. pods where you can go into and i have used them as a means of trying to block everything out and think about my fucking games <laughs> to varying levels of success 
That sounds great. It's definitely one way of doing it. Yeah, it's sure. really nice. It's so quiet, and no one uh, can get those, to you. Those freak me out, though. <laughs> Every time I watch it, I get claustrophobic. It's like being in a tiny cave. Can I just can I just jump in here? You, Emily, you're the person that you 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 are one of the sort of like four people on this earth that enjoys that tunnel scene in Willy Wonka. So you're fine for sensory overload, <laughs> but sensory depri- but sensory deprivation. Nah, nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Look, Willy Wonka tunnel scene, I know what to expect. Chicken gets its head cut off, fine. (laughs) But sitting in a sensory deprivation tank in the dark, I've seen one too many horror movies, sir. I'm waiting for that goblin, or I'm waiting for that ghost or that girl from the grunge to come out. Can we not with the the goblin racism, please? It's subject very near and dear to my heart. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Yeah. It's it's more I'm just afraid someone's going to pop out of the water and be like, oh, hi, we've been waiting for you. And I'll be like, oh, no, you're a shark and also a goblin. <laughs> it's called a goblin shark and they're terrifying. <laughs> Fuck. So I, I just can't do it. I, I can't. I don't like I don't like being in water. I can't see like. If someone wants to draw me a goblin shark, I will pay you good English money for that. I will, I will pay you for the use <laughs> of that image. Please, somebody make that. Tweet it to me because I need it. You do know goblin sharks are like a thing, thing, right? I'm sorry, what? No. Wait, I did go- not know that. I, right now, go Google goblin shark. Oh, God. Pause the podcast for. We just pause awful. the podcast for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody, just go Google it right now. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus. No! I'm closing the tab. I told oh, no! don't do it. Don't search for it. I'm doing it. No. Oh, those are fucking sick. <laughs> My worst fear. What are you talking about? These are sick. I realized oh, if that fucking thing popped up in a sensory deprivation tank <laughs> i would be like i am not deprived yeah, yeah, but sir you... i am i am aghast i'm pretty sure that the shark would not be able to survive in a sensory deprivation tank don't they like fucking heat that to like body temperature and the cold dark depths of the sea where that thing lives <laughs> my heart is actually beating very fast right now <laughs> Can we just talk about the fact that I was the only one that had a positive reaction to seeing the goblin shark? It's because they're very upsetting. These are yeah. fucking sick. What are you talking about? Look, I do I want them painted on the side of my van? Yes. <laughs> do I want to encounter one in the wild? Fuck no. Well, obviously no. not. But that goes. Oh god, it's teeth. Jesus okay, Christ. here's the thing. Yeah, no, they're all over the place. It's a very cute oh, I love boy. It. I I love it I so much. I enjoy him. When I put him in a small, dark area, I do not like him. He is a very good boy, and I feel so bad, but I don't know. Can we move on? I'm just frightened. I, yeah, should we just... I don't know if we can. I think I may have killed this, and I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so, that was, so that was the portion of the show where we talked about where we like to write the fucking yeah. campaigns. Yep. Let's wrap that up in a bow. Oh, God. <laughs> Bow covered in um, goblin shark yes. teeth. Well, just I mean, yeah. To just to close that off, um, very on 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 topic with what we've all been talking about. Uh, Ismay's Ismay's input for the episode was go to the library and drink a lot of gin. So I mean, that covers pretty much everything <laughs> we just talked about. Um, yeah, we go. Tonic looks a lot like a sprite in water, in, in, you know, in a bottle. So mm. I would like to suggest something that is an alcohol that has helped me greatly. Just don't fall asleep for like twelve hours, and then try writing. It's the exact same thing, but you'll you know 
You don't have to spend money. Mm. That's something I recently discovered because I don't care. Cool. As a terrible insomniac, I wish I could do that, but like I, I can sleep for maybe two hours a night. So I, I, I'll, I'll try it. But my, you know, my insane ramblings at four a.m. are probably going to be just as, you know, addled with lunacy. <laughs> well, uh, the, the, these uh, sleepless nights are also brought to you by insomnia. Uh, I was just trying to do some rebranding. Just trying to show people it can be useful. There we go. Well, uh, we've talked a lot about where we where we like to go. <laughs> no, we haven't. Uh, we talked a lot about useless shit. I mean, like yeah, that too. But, um, Everyone needs to know about Goblin Shark. <laughs> I mean, we do. I mean, the PSA was well. Was, I mean, I needed. I did need to know to fear them. You um, need to know that was on this earth. Yeah. I thought you were going to say like the PSA on. was like, oh, it's on the episode, so there's a good chance we're going to talk about goblins for a bit. But I genuinely thought that's where you were going with that bit. Uh, oh my god, I found goblin shark fan art. Oh god. Oh, there's one that looks yeah. like a rat. I have to show you these good, good things. Oh. <laughs> this one is adorable. I'm sorry. Oh boy. I don't know if these are appearing somewhere. They're but... going to the Facebook. Yeah, I don't know. If oh. oh, here they are. Oh, yeah. oh, oh look at that oh, cute just... one. Oh. And now I'm going to show you She's a disturbing beautiful. one. I love her. Oh, We're going to have her. to tweet this out as uh, oh. mixed, oh, mixed so... media oh, look at her. for this episode. Oh, sweet oh. Jesus. Oh, wow. Oh, that's okay. That looks like kind of like a nug from Dragon Age, kind of, with yeah, like a fucked does, up kinda, head. Yeah, yeah it's like a fucked well, up head. Check out uh, at crit underscore chat for um for versions of these pictures that we're currently looking at. <laughs> it's basically to be so fucking confused when she sees the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what oh, the fuck? God. I thought they were doing something about you know getting over first day nerves and then they fucking do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now that we know where we're going to <laughs> take our notes. Uh, why don't we talk about how, how, how many, how many notes to do? How, how many notes mm-hmm. do you do and how do you do them? Emily? Yes. You like note cards, right? <laughs> <laughs> Save me. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> why, why, yes, I do. I do love note cards. Uh, <laughs> I would like to say that I'm sponsored by note cards in my everyday life because every time I need them, I find them in my house. So I like to think that I have a special arrangement with Office Depot to get them. Uh, (laughs) I, even though I love writing, hate writing dungeon notes for myself because then I feel like I get too in-depth and then I get anxiety about it because then I worry that I wrote a stupid thing. Uh, So what I'll do is uh, I'll take a lot of note cards and I'll just write down bullet points of where I want my characters to go in a session or where I anticipate we're going to go. So it'll just be like intro card. This is how we started off. It'll be like, uh, this is where we left off. Uh, this, these are the characters that they're going to meet in the beginning. This is the decision they have to make. And then go on to the next note card and be like, if we have a dungeon, these are going to be some dungeon ideas and then make different note cards for different NPCs And I just write down quick things like, this is their accent, just to remind yourself, here's information that they absolutely know. So I'll segment it, be like, this is information they absolutely know, this is stuff they don't know anything about, this is stuff they know a little bit about. Mm. And it makes me feel more organized, and sometimes I, like, I can plot out the campaign with them too. So I'll, like, take a cork board and I'll start pinning them 
being like, these are the places I want to go. And then it's easy for me to remove them or put new new note cards in its place. And it makes me feel really organized. Yeah, that's really, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've actually never used note cards for like uh, plot stuff and places, I guess. Um, I mean, I sort of have, when I'm playing on Roll20, I'll have like, it, like the note card method kind of thing kind of carries over to Roll20 very well because you have like lots of different um, like entries rather than just your notebook. Mm. So you can have all these digital entries and you can put hyperlinks in them to other entries, which is basically the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, note cards are really good. Um, I've, 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 I've recently started... Uh, picking up blank playing cards because then you can put them into you know those binders which you collect Yu-Gi-Oh cards in <laughs> <laughs> yeah that I still use yeah 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 because you you can just buy like loads of those like sheets and then you can have all of your you can just like organize your N- NPCs like on, into different pages and stuff hmm. like before the oh. sessions and I feel like and I just feel like that's the coolest thing ever <laughs> that is really cool um, I've never heard of someone doing that before yeah, that's a neat idea. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like I like having a. I, I just I, I always have a binder with lots of different um, inserts. I guess like I like have a having a binder because yeah, because I'll I'll often have like printed out homebrew bits and then I'll draw a map on I, I, like everything I do is on A4 basically except for these cards which I then have the special inserts for and I find it, it's just really helpful because I always find like I want to I want everything to be really like you know modular i guess like like working just from a notebook is really tough because you can't move things around afterwards and then you have to remember where in your notebook certain bits are so i pretty much only use a notebook for taking notes while we're in a session or for just like brainstorming like the really early stuff like just kind of coming up with what we're doing ish yeah i've never really liked notebooks for note purposes even like in college like i made sure to get like with my laptop, like one note is my favorite thing because you can like write different paragraph mm. sections and then you can move them and it's very mm-hmm. mobius. And I think sometimes, I don't know if that helps you guys, but I like it when I'm able to move things around and not just keep them structured in one sure. way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a big part of why I end up using uh, Google Drive mm. because it is incredibly convenient to be able to access my game notes from wherever I am and on whatever device I am. And copy and paste is a thing, so I can move stuff around if I need to. But yeah, I, I, I am also a big OneNote fan for d and I actually don't use it for anything else, but it's the like the one thing that I use for D&D. <laughs> uh, it's just the ability to put links in for me. Like I, like I always want to... Because then whenever I, I'm writing in a character in my notes, I can like link it to the, the, the OneNote entry for that character, I guess. There was this really useful app I found. It wasn't, I say app, it's like a, it's like a website, but it basically allowed you to create a database for all your shit. So you could have like all your characters mm. and then you could link stuff, you could use those links and just have them like tooltips come up. I forget exactly what it was called. But it was like you could have all the magical artifacts, all the all the NPCs, all the big bads, all the you know various societies, all the shit you need to sort of like make the world feel alive. You could put that into this database, and you could pull them out whenever you needed them, which was very cool and very useful. I don't know if I made that up in a dream because I honestly couldn't tell you what it was called. And if it doesn't exist, someone needs to make that. Is it an app? It was like an app or like a desktop sort of extension or something. Because I know I use like Game Master Five and Fight Club. I don't know if that's what it was. Nah. Game Master. Technology. Technology's your friend, essentially. So you make use of it. That's my. <laughs> that's my advice for you. And and yeah, and and then alternatively, like yeah, that, like that's why I use all the inserts and like a like a ring binder because 
and like loose sheets is what i'm saying basically because mm. then you can move them around as if you are cutting and pasting if you're yeah. playing physically keep stuff loosey-goosey because you can then you can improv and move things about as needed which is pretty useful i find mm. in my experience but yeah speaking of improv i've been a lot less uh stressed about new campaigns as time has passed mostly because i i rely a lot more on um improvising and leaning on my players for ideas um you know when you first start you kind of assume that you're going to be you you have to map mercer it and have the whole world ready and like have all these cool things for people to explore as if you were writing a novel or making a game or something but i've definitely learned that it's a much more collaborative and that i think that it's the best way to let yourself relax is to put some more faith into your ability to improvise and uh, your players abilities to <laughs> come up with ideas do you guys have ways of leaning on people i guess or i can for sure there? relate with that like for a lot of the games i will literally just make the starting town as like and have that built up i might have a sort of like idea of a larger threat and a narrative thread i want to pull through but generally this I, I leave the specifics up to the sort of collaborative effort so yeah. um in my current actual play podcast not saving the realm we have some cool shit that we that bonnie my player brought into it because they wanted to be an eldritch knight i was like right so uh so mm-hmm. i thought okay how can we how can we implement that and then okay so i know this person and like okay sweet where where are they at and then they spanned me this whole grand tale about what happened to this warlock who lost their cat once and that's how and that's how and that's how rona became an eldritch knight um, i love and i love that so you know your players have obviously have got ideas for character hooks and story hooks and i think letting them use them a makes them feel like they're more involved which is always good because then it feels less like a railroad track and two allows you to like take some of the work away because i was I, I was trying to think oh god she's gonna go elder tonight isn't she what am i gonna do and then like, oh here's a way to do it oh sick now i don't have to do as much work <laughs> which is always good because i am lazy by nature oh yes so yeah just your players your players want to be involved in the world let them let them because it's easier on you that way i 100 percent agree uh your players you know the you are an incredibly creative person if you want to run D&D, you are by nature at least a little creative. And if you have people that want to play D&D, they are about as creative as you. And four creative people as opposed to one is going to create something that is so much more rich and vibrant than just that one person could create. Let them play in the space. Let them say you know, and do strange things. You know, the the big, you know, the one rule of improv that everybody who has taken any improv class knows is the rule of yes and. And unless you have an incredibly good reason why you can't yes and, go with it. Let them let them kind of do what they want to do as long as it is, uh, you know, working with the rules or if it is working with uh, what is interesting in that scenario absolutely like go for it and see where it takes you um it will create a really vibrant and incredible world just by the nature of people having fun and you know seeing where the boundaries are and if you can't yes and at the very least no but uh because that will force you to kind of uh, react to them and it's like you know what no that that doesn't work with what's going on here however you do know this or you do do this or you do see this one thing i always like to remind people too is like when you watch a tv show it's not one person writing it it's uh, a writer's room Mm. of people who are pitching ideas 
And your players may not always pitch you like ideas that you want to swing with, but they at least give you like a jumping point. And it, it's, it's so important to remember that you're not the sole author of the story. You're just the person who moves it forward. You're like the showrunner because you're, you're the one who's making sure that the story has momentum and reaches like an end or a climax. Uh, so if, if you're ever feeling like you don't know where to go, like dive back into your character's backstories or shuffle back through your uh, session notes and sometimes <clears throat> you'll find something tiny, like say like a character decided not to punch that goblin shark in the nose. Uh, <laughs> you could turn that into a <laughs> plot point and it doesn't have to be something that's like a main story point, but it could be like a fun little side venture. And by the end of it, you give yourself enough time to figure out where you want them to go for the next big plot point. Doing that's good too, because then like your players will think, oh shit, that, I'm having an effect on the world. I'm having an impact in this scenario. When really it's just like, I didn't have any fucking idea. So let's just go with <laughs> that. Why not? You know, it's it, it makes you look better at your job than you actually are, in my case anyway. And that um, is the... the uh... The, the 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 most important thing <laughs> <laughs> i have to look good the, the story is secondary to my mastery yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's very similar to um i think i think that a lot of dms would benefit a lot um from trying what are referred to as story games um when it you take a more explicit like writer's room approach to the game um uh, Games like uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games, like um, Dungeon mm. World and Monster Hearts, um, they have a lot of things where it's like uh, the mechanics are designed around forcing you to ask your players questions, pretty much, uh, and mm. like really, really encouraging, like getting everyone to contribute to the world and the story and um, who the characters are. And yeah, and I think those games are great because they they get you to start doing that and then either you continue playing those games or if you it's it's still really good stuff to bring back into your um D D if you stick with D. it was nice you were mentioning that uh you're mentioning own that um a lot of bonnie's character choices uh, like a bonnie's character choice was a like added a lot to the um um the story at the beginning um and I, I I think I find that that happens a lot and that's like I like I this is why I always if I'm doing a campaign then uh, I feel like having a session zero that's completely dedicated to characters and you're not going to play in it at all um yes very is important. really really helpful having that session zero like we had a session zero for realm and Jay said to me okay so I want to make a monk and I want to make a cat monk and I'm like right okay so give me details where's this cat monk from and now I've got this order of monks in the east that I will do something with at some point probably because and I wouldn't have had that because I wouldn't have thought to put that up mm. before he, he he mentioned it so session zero is a, as good a chance to build up your world as it is to let your players roll up their characters it helps flesh stuff out and introduce newer players to the game at the same time. It's a very session zero is very important. Do not skip them. <laughs> I think I think you can get a lot of ideas from that. I mean the 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 space of D and D's lore and creatures and races is so huge <laughs> that uh yeah like you you need to filter what you're like you can't go through and establish orders for every every like possible class and like decide where all the races live and all their different like you know splinter uh groups and you know i don't know your player class choices are going to tell you 
which bits of it your players are interested in i think the earlier in the campaign you are the more the more you're going to be doing like the throwing to your like the establishing questions and and stuff like that and that is like the ultimate extension of that (laughs) right at the beginning yeah because the world's not the world's not as solid is it so like if at the end of the game if someone pulled out oh by the way here's this dude (laughs) i'm like what the no 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 what are you talking about that you should have brought this up at the start but uh, i've known him since i was a child why didn't you mention this because i could have used that (laughs) and said you just pulled him out your ass to use him to fucking deus ex machina you out of the plot what are you doing stop how did you know Um, his name his name is deus and then just <laughs> this fun little adventure. Oh, that is exactly the kind of shit that one of my players would pull, though. So I now need to be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah, his name is that. No, it isn't. Stop this nonsense. <laughs> this is extremely, like, I can 100% imagine this happening on Not Saving the Realm. I have, can confirm, I have uh, listened to some episodes. Oh, and... God, yeah. I'm, I'm dr- I've got, like, a, this intricate plot, like, kind of working out in my mind now i've got like little hooks for all the characters about what i want to do and then it's just like i know i know they're going to do some bollocks and just say oh no that i never met this person they're just bad i'm not no they're not bad players they're my friends and i love them very much but sometimes (laughs) i want to strangle them it's entirely their fault all my problems to do with my brand are mostly on them No, you don't know. I don't think you quite grasp the concept. I am I am apparently I have every fetish apparently. I want oh. to be cucked and also to dominate. I'm I want to handle warlock testicles. Well, that's, that's a fun one. That's very specific. Yeah, no, well, only war, only warlock testicles for this boy. Right. Thank you. And I'll, I'll, it'll just be an innocuous thing like okay, so you know I'm going to handle Warlock slightly differently in this campaign. Oh, you're going to touch some Warlock dick. No, that's not what I said. (laughs) Uh, I did not say that. Leave me alone. I'm just a boy. (laughs) Sorry, now I'm Uh, thinking of the lamest song. He is only a boy. (laughs) And if I die... I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. We love you. Thank you, I appreciate that. (laughs) Could not sound more disingenuous if I tried there, could I? (laughs) Hey there, nerds. Time for the middle of the podcast break chat. Thank you for coming along in the journey of this episode. The one where somehow we've talked the least about D&D than we have ever before. I am going to do a supercut of the actual advice in this very episode and I will be surprised if it makes it to 10 minutes. But then again, I also was laughing so hard I cried while editing this. So you know what? Fuck it. This is what our podcast is. Yeah, like we're just going to have to accept that. For Plugs This Week, you'll hear a lot more about them at the end, uh, but we've got a good number of podcasts for you to listen to. Uh, From the lovely Chase, we have both Another Past and The Exquisite Lich, which is a new one coming out. And from the beautiful Owen, we've got Think of the Children and uh, Not Saving the Realm. Uh, They'll tell you a lot more about them at the end, so stick to then so you know what you're going to listen to, because you definitely should listen to them. Uh, As for things that we do, you should listen to Half Damage, which is the actual play D&D podcast that we do. It features myself, Alfred, Emily, Allie, and Ian. Uh, it's got a bunch of pint-sized heroes playing through Curse of Strahd, but not like you have ever seen it before. It is a whole hell of a good time, and you can find it uh, on SoundCloud, you can find it on iTunes, you can find it on any podcast app, searching Half Damage, and I cannot recommend it enough. It is a good old time. As for Crit Chat, you can find us on all of our usual spaces. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash crit chat, on twitter.com forward slash crit underscore chat, or 
or using the crit chat hashtag if you want to talk to us uh if you give us a little shout out on twitter or if you tweet about us then you might get a little shout out on the show that's what the beautiful and wonderful and talented Robbie A. McLeod did. Uh, he linked us to a really cool article uh, from Geek and Sundry uh, that says it's about uh, the plague of favoritism and a GM's guide to avoiding it. Which honestly, like that sounds like a fucking good read if anyone wants some like actual advice. Uh, we probably shouldn't be advertising people that do better or gooder advice than we do, but we are because we're nice like that. So go over to the Twitter to check that out. Also, we're looking for people's favorite moments from Crit Chat Pass so that we can make little clips of them that we can, you know, like put on YouTube and so you can send them off to your friends to tell them exactly why they should be listening to this show. Bonus points if it has anything to do with Dungeons and Dragons, but also is not a requirement, as is evident by this entire fucking episode. So yeah, if you have any favorite moments, send them over and we'll, we might make a little clip of them for you. You can find all the links to everything that I've mentioned before down in the description, or you can also find our Discord there. That's the only way that you can find our Discord, where you can chat to us. Um, but Crit Chat, you can find us everywhere. You can find us on all your pod apps. You can find us on all your fucking on SoundCloud if you search Crit Chat. You can find us on iTunes if you search Crit Chat. Uh, you can also find our Patreon if you go to patreon.com forward slash Crit Chat. It would help us out a lot, like for like even just like a dollar a month. It helps us out so immensely. We've got the two podcasts that we have to keep on going. You have to pay monthly to keep them keep them all above board uh and hopefully in the future we'll we'll have enough so that we can maybe get get other people on the show uh like better podcasting equipment so that we can sound better for y'all and everything becomes like a nice swish endeavor that's the dream but yeah so next week we will not be having a live episode again uh because i will be moving in with my beautiful girlfriend uh we are moving on the day that crit chat should be happening so we're going to pre-record it and put it up then but i will be back to hosting so the emily alfred takeover is done for now they will keep trying to usurp me in the future i do guarantee that though uh but yes let's get back to the non-advice i guess get ready for some more fucking bullshit oh god i like how we're supposed to be talking about like how we find like no how to de-stress and we're just venting about stress right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to get back on topic ever so slightly, mm. I kind of want to just stress this point enough that the world that you make is not set in stone at any point, even at the end. So mm-hmm. if you've made like this cool sort of dungeon, this cool sort of like castle keep dungeon thing, and you've set it up and it, and you've meant and you, you know you've mentioned it and all the NPCs are talking about it, and then you play it's like, oh, we're gonna fuck that off and go to some cave. You can just take that cool keep dungeon and just repurpose some of the visual elements. You can still use it right up until the end of the camp. You could do shit like that if you want to. The thing you set up in your like weeks before writing all this nonsense, if your players decide not to do it, that doesn't necessarily cripple the thing that you've made. And I know that sounds like fairly obvious advice, but a, a lot of people forget it. And it took me a long time to sort of like learn that one as well. So yeah. the shit you've made is never set in stone because you can you can change it before you even at, at the table minutes before the game starts if you need to. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to get freaky with it and play around. Yeah, like it'll, it'll, it'll work fun. out in the end. And I I, I always find yeah. that like <clears throat> if if it's completely fine if the players see that you're like changing things or improving or rolling dice or like you know or like you have to take a break i feel like you when you're preparing you you kind of get into this headspace where you think you have to be on top of everything all the time um mm. but in reality when you're sat around the table you'll be like hmm you'll, you'll get your head down in your notes and you'll be like give me a sec and then everyone will just chat and 
continue drinking and yeah and it's fine and yeah and one of my favorite pieces of advice that i of advice that i ever heard uh, about running was running the game was just um go to the toilet <laughs> whatever there's that's uh, good advice. yeah whenever yeah. you're that's good like advice. trying to deal with what people are doing uh and you're like oh man i have to improvise something then just go to the toilet and make just a bring decision. your phone open the notes section and get to work just <laughs> just typing fervently it's like are you okay you've been in there like 20 minutes i'm fine <laughs> taco bell what are you gonna do guys <laughs> order taco bell beforehand so you have you know your mo yes yeah. <laughs> okay so pro tip order taco bell once keep the ah smart that you don't have to go through the experience of ordering Taco Bell. Ugh. Again. Uh, there goes that sponsorship. It always has a long line. I wouldn't know. We don't have one here. It's fair. I live in a college town, so that probably affects things. Oh, no, I've seen Taco Bells in the wild. It's just like they're very, they're, their UK locations are very sporadic. I think there's like a few in the Northwest and that's it. Huh. Um, my, my ex took me to one once and I never forgave huh. her for the terrible pain she caused me <laughs> the following day. That is the pr- appropriate full adult reaction to a Taco Bell. <laughs> the, the fun thing about uh, the the United States is as you are taking a road trip, or if you're driving and you hit any small town, there are always littered with fast food restaurants. Fast food restaurants, two or three mm-hmm. different gas stations that are right next to each other, some dingy motels, and like one stupid little, like, little town attraction. <laughs> and I think it's Oh, God, where is it? Fremont, maybe, in Nebraska. If you're driving through it, there's like a don't forget the Alamo somewhere. And you're like, why is there a whole fort dedicated to remembering the Alamo in frickin' Nebraska? (laughs) I just wanted to get some Chipotle. And right next to me, there's a dude in a raccoon hat telling me not to forget the Alamo. I don't get it. <laughs> Doing a quick It may Google not be Fremont, here. but there is like a don't forget the Alamo something in Nebraska. And it's so weird. Just to derail the, the show again on the food crimes. I was feeling sad the other day, um, as as is my want. I was feeling sad. So I went to I went for a walk and there was a little donut shop. And I'm like, oh, my sister was raving about this place. I'll go in. And I was like, oh, I can get a donut. Or I can get a donut and a milkshake, and it's cheaper somehow. I'm like, okay, well, hmm. okay, well, we'll see. I'll see where you're going with this. And I ordered what I thought was like a salted caramel. It was called a salted caramel surprise or something. Now okay. I want you to picture this thing. I'm in this thing, and I can see the guy make the make the milkshake. The fucker gets a donut, right? Cuts it in half and puts it in a cup. Covers that shit in salted caramel sauce. Puts ice cream in it. More more sauce. Puts milk in it. More fucking sauce. He blends it. There's a donut inside this milkshake. Bear with me on this. It's gonna about, it's about to get wild. He puts a, he puts cream on the top, and I think, okay, we're done here. Finally, thank God. My heart is racing at this point because I think I'm going to die if I drink this. <laughs> so he puts cream on this thing, and I'm like, okay, well, okay, that's it. He's gonna put the dome on, and that'll be it. And then. Like a chef garnishing a steak, <laughs> the, ma- the man takes another donut, cuts it in half, and then pl- gingerly places the donut half atop the cream, <laughs> <laughs> and then more fucking caramel sauce, puts the dome on and slides it to me. I look at him and I said, you just became my hero, but you're also my murderer. <laughs> I'm that sorry, I would like to make a retraction. It's not the Alamo, it's about Buffalo Bill Casey, or Buffalo Bill 
And it's just, just a giant fort. But also, Nebraska, we dip our cinnamon buns in chili, so I can't really. I'm sorry, It's, it's what? a national delicacy. I'm, I'm uh, you can order your... <laughs> is it? it? Google it. It's a thing. I'm in the national, <laughs> and I've never it's heard of It's a very this. Nebraska thing. If you come Should to we... a Runza, which is... I've lived here for 13 years, and I still don't understand Runza. Okay. They have great crinkly fries. But you can order some uh, chili and you dip your cinnamon bun in it and you eat it. This is a this is a crime. <laughs> <laughs> it's a criminal crime. I need to sit on top of a mountain and think about this. <laughs> hey, don't. <laughs> I'm looking at a fucking tweet from Brunza Restaurants and there's like a foot. There's like a bronze statue of some oh, yeah. football boys and one of them is now holding like a big gulp full of like some stuff from Brunza and I love this. <laughs> this Nebraska is very culture, good. my friends. <laughs> Oh because we love the Huskers. We're in the Midwest. And we, we love Runza. Don't take that away from us. I'm not taking it away from you. You live your you live your Runza life because this is fantastic. I'm seeing okay, I'm I'm looking at this uh this uh football boy statue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Nebraska <laughs> Nebraska nutrition is tweeting about Runza. Yes! <laughs> and like you are part of a great university and tradition, and below that sign is a fucking shitload of bags of runza. <laughs> I'm just... The the biggest controversy that happened is they closed the runza in the University of Nebraska Union, and uh, they were replacing it with a steak and shake, and people were very upset. People love steak and shake, but they took away the runza that's been there for like fifty years. <laughs> steak and shake's pretty good. This is a D&D this podcast. This is a D&D podcast. <laughs> uh, if you're stressing about your campaign, talk about your local fooderies and how weird it is with your players. And then you can just distinct, like discreetly write notes and be cool. And then put those fast food eateries in the game. Oh, yes. What? Fantasy I- runza. <laughs> I once uh, did insert a demonic uh, Olive Garden into one of my games. Ooh. That's exceptional. Oh. It was it was fine, mm. just like Olive Garden. <laughs> oh boy! We're recording like a guest spot with Alf on Re- on Realm um, soon. Um, that's going to be fun. But uh, Jay's DMing it, and one of the ideas he had, and it's not this is only tangentially related. Alfred will know what I mean when I say the Shrewsbury Flower Show. Mm. That's going to get hijacked by goblins. I think. <laughs> I think is his plan. <laughs> Uh, I'm very excited for that, um, just because I fucking hate that goddamn flower show so much. <laughs> I hate it. Oh man! No, you don't understand. I used to work in the town centre, and it was like it was. A, I, I, I worked in a McDonald's. I still do work in a McDonald's. So I'm on the. I'm, I'm your man on the inside. And <laughs> fucking, I used to work in the one in the town centre, and like for two weeks every year. We were just getting absolutely slammed because we couldn't, because people from all over the world come to see the Shrewsbury Flower Show for some goddamn reason. It's shit. I don't know why you do it, but like, oh, we'll take the children to McDonald's. I'm like, don't take the children to McDonald's because I, I can't be held responsible for what happens when I throw them out because mm. I'm not dealing with their nonsense. Do you frequently f- throw people out of the McDonald's? I mean, I, it's it's not, it's been done. Um, okay. You know uh, the, the, that that was at our old location. We've since moved store, but at our old one, like it was primed. Like there was like a, a downstairs area that wasn't really supervised, where people were having a lot of like drugs and or sex. I once oh. found a used condom down there. Um, wow. Which is a fun, which is a fun story. You know, that's that's just, mum. How was I conceived? Well, son, your dad and I were feeling Randy in a Mackey's, and then the condom came <laughs> off halfway through. <laughs> <And> so- <laughs> 
never heard of a McDonald's <laughs> called a Mackey's before. Oh yeah, that's standard. Why not? That's what, Ma- that's what we that's what we call yeah, it. Mackey D's. Oh, Ma- Mickey D's, man. Yeah, we call it Mickey D's, but not Mackey's, <laughs> and I'm in love with that now. <laughs> Uh, Mac- yeah, that's what we call it. We call it Mackey's. It's great. So we call beautiful. it Mackey's. It's... Mm. Oh, God. I mean, I've never actually spoken about McDonald's to my friends before, but, uh, you know, I, I hear other people. <laughs> or indeed, or indeed ever, because why would you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. One of those universal constants. Oh, boy. And that's why you should go to the toilet. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Much like this podcast. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by your toilet. Because we're going down it right now. Oh, well, Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, we just to just to throw us to a topic <laughs> like a drowning shipwreck victim on a plank of wood, wildly searching for anything to grip onto <laughs> in this sea of goblin sharks. We kind of we we kind of spoke a lot about um help getting your getting your players in, involved i find it helpful to delegate other stuff to players as well like not not just um you know using them for ideas but i find a huge portion of my stress uh running D is just like organizing it and like the the stuff that isn't actually the dm's thing like i i i, I have elected a schedule wrangler for the first time and it is the best the the most it has been extremely good for my mental health (laughs) i need to get on on that because that sounds good i i did a thing once or rather i i was witness to a thing once where we had a bard in the party and you know my distaste for bards but we had a bard in the party and he was in charge of kind of doing the recap every session so i wasn't having to take notes every five seconds about what was going on and that was just incredibly helpful and also from a narrative standpoint it's like oh yeah we got we you know we got to the tavern and then the bard told all the people about what we just did which is nice yeah that is good oh yeah Mm. so that was a really cool way of kind of doing the recap without me having to do it myself uh as a side note uh if i if i ever play in your games uh i i'm gonna play a goblin bard just to confuse you oh no (laughs) i mean you did and then you played a lizard and he got killed and I'm that know, is true. I'm still upset. My, my, still my, upset. I, that was the first time I died in a game. That 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 probably didn't help my my, my stress, my D and D related stress. Because <laughs> yeah. I just I just got, I just died. I just, I, lost. I, I just did, gone. I just gone died. Uh, yeah, just gone died. Ripping peace, Keck. You were a you were a lizard for sure. Uh, I was definitely a lizard. Oh, this is obscene. So sorry to derail the podcast yet again. I'm I'm still on runs as Twitter, and a child is drinking a pot of ranch sauce like it's fucking soda. Oh, <laughs> he is drinking a pot of ranch sauce like a bottle of cola on a hot summer's day. You fucking this stay is away. A, this is a crime. You stay away from my ranch, sir. Ranch is a beloved liqueur. Of the Nebraska, but you don't people. drink. Yeah, I get that, but like you don't drink it like fucking just juice. What are you talking about? I don't think. Oh man, I could really go for a refreshing bottle of ranch sauce. What are you talking you about? Had you are insane. Good enough ranch, sir. <laughs> I feel so attacked. I introduce you to the food of my people. I open my doors to you all, and you make fun of us. No, rat, no, Runza looks great, but I've got an issue. I, I draw the line at drinking ranch sauce. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I make fun of it all the freaking time. Have- Hot and cold running ranch. <laughs> oh, thanks. Now I can't ever use my taps again. You're welcome. It's a fun mental image to have ranch fucking mm-hmm. sauce pour out of my faucet whenever I want to get a nice beverage. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> 
Or a bath. Oh, no. <sighs> like Nebraskan Cleopatra, I'm bathing in Goat's Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Just wrap yourself up in a runza. Do you know what an actual runza is, my friends? Look up no? a picture of no. a runza. It is uh, ground beef seasoned with a top secret blend of spices mixed with cabbage and onions. And it's all wrapped. This actually it's... looks all right. Yeah, you... that, I mean, that, would that qualify as a pasty? What's a pasty? Kinda, yeah. This actually looks... It, uh, the problem, this is yeast, This is like a dough bread pocket rather than like a pastry, so maybe not. Right. But it, uh, it, 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 is, it is similar in, in, in construction to a pasty, yes. Okay. Yeah, we got a um, a pub here in town that will serve uh, English food and like pasties are the top of the pops there. And it's really good. It's like, this looks about like a like a cheap version of that. A pasties, uh, I, in, in, if, if you want to get a pasty in this country, it's kind of like you just go to Greg's and there's nothing else there. So you just get a pasty because you need to eat something. Christ. Sure. So you go to your local Greg's, you get a disappointment sandwich. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're great. They're just death. They they will they will murder you. <laughs> they will easily. kill you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Runzas are just the Midwestern hot pocket. They do. I was going to say they do look like a hot pocket. <laughs> yeah. It looks a little more satisfying than that. It's... Oh, this is oh, this you can like have variations jalapenos. That's actually just like, this is this looks good. I want to get some of this. I wouldn't dip this in fucking chili, but well, you don't dip that in the chili. <laughs> That's for your cinnamon. It's bun. created by none. Wikipedia says nobody created this. So <laughs> it was given by God. <laughs> <laughs> Runza translates into uh, food of the gods in Nebraskan. Well, we are we are careening towards the uh, the end of our allotted time. <laughs> uh, there was just one. There's only one more point I really wanted to talk about uh, with regards to the topic, and that is using random tables. Mm. Um, oh yeah. I yeah. I, hopefully, you guys have like your favorite random tables. Uh, Some good stuff in Zams. If you haven't looked at that, mm-hmm. mm, nice. Yeah, like I, I think I think using random tables is really good for getting the table into that. Like, I, I guess it's <laughs> getting the players to forgive you for improvising because they know that you're random rolling it randomly, and everyone likes to roll dice. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it looks less like. It doesn't look like, oh, I didn't do any prep this week. It looks more like, well, I've prepped these tables and then we're going to see what happens and then we're going to improvise from there and that's the and that's where the fun is. And I think it is more fun and it also it helps you not have to do as much actual prep, which Agreed. I like. But um, Absolutely. yeah, what are your what are your favorite uh, go-to random tables for? I went ahead and actually pulled up mine. I found a, let me see here, a 1,000 item random trinket table that I have been consistently rolling on and deleting items off of uh, since I found it. And it has proven to be some of the most fun I have had in game because I just have my players roll 3d10 and make make a number out of it. So what they will do, you know, they will just roll the number and that's what they end up finding. And I, you know, write in an improper reason why that we random piece of crap is there. Um, and sometimes it's, uh, you know, small and silly, like a box of clay. Uh, I had uh, in a recent episode of Another Path, one of my players found a watering can that is shaped like a bullet. <laughs> and it is has brought endless joy to a lot of my players. So if you've got, can find something, and there are 
hundreds of these available online if you just google for random trinkets mm. or random item tables uh, you're gonna find something that's gonna work for your group that's super good that, that, that's very close to um my most single most used table which is the mm-hmm. i loot the body t- table <laughs> okay uh, but the I, I i stole it from vornheim um uh, yeah so a, a basically a, a module called vornheim but it, it's very similar to what you were saying about deleting the um the options but like it's a shorter table but i really love this uh like it had never occurred to me but like you roll the table you get like a random item and then you delete that entry and then after the session you put new entries in all the new blank spots so that it's always new stuff and you always and you're still getting like it's all stuff you've created but it's still random and I don't know. It's just the coolest thing ever. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, and then the other thing is, like, if you roll quite low, then you make that into the number of coins. So, I, I like, I don't roll separately for gold and then, like, an item or something. It's, like, on a 1 to 40, that's the number of gold coins on the body. And then if it's over 40, there's this big list of things. I've got a very fun table I use. This is... I, okay, but I'm going to preface this. Do not use this table in a regular game. It will ruin it. So there's, it, it's some homebrew content, and it's called, it's a potion called the Grog of Substantial Whimsy. This is so, it's so good. So it's a one, it's a, it's a one thousand item table, and basically you drink the potion and you roll the dice. This, this, this potion is great because you can do some shit. You can do some crazy shit to this. So you can, there's some useful stuff like the PC is owed one favor by a random god, or the PC learns a random language. But they also get some fun shit. Um, the PC becomes very talented at making whittled spoons. Or the PC <laughs> no longer has muscles. Or the PC... Or, you know, a Boeing 747 falls on the PC. Or, <laughs> you know, a, the PC is able to summon an extra-dimensional kitchen to be able to prepare any type of fancy food they want. Or... <laughs> oh, the PC is... The only male PC name... The only male name the PC is able to pronounce is Gary. I have spent hours, hours perusing this table. I actually used it in Realm. It just hasn't come up yet. Um, and I'll save it. Um, I'll save the effect. But yeah, if you roll if you roll a thousand, it's the PC is divided by zero. You know, roll again, but the uh. next effect acts as an STD. So the next time the PC fucks someone, they also, you know, have what it takes to become an Olympic level vagrant. Things like that. It's it's very good. Oh, My favourite is you can use weapons as musical instruments, which is fun. Again, do not use this in a normal game, but it's just a fun table that you can use if you're just fucking, if you know, if you really want to do some weird shit. That sounds like a really great way to end a one-shot. It, it is a great way to, I've ended one-shots yeah. with this. It's so good. It's... It's, it's really good. It's, it's it's very similar to the um. It's like it's like a s- extremely souped up version of the deck of many things or whatever it's mm. called. Mm-hmm. The, except the deck isn't fun because yeah, the exactly. deck doesn't. You know, the deck will be like, oh, it summons an avatar of death. This is like you know, the PC instantly gains the memories of a of the past life of an insanely powerful wizard, or you just find a cat in your pocket and you instantly fall in love with it as, a, as though under a charm <laughs> effect. And anyone who sees the cat is distracted, which is very good. Very good. It, yeah. it reminds me as well of um, there's a there's a document called the Metamorphica, which is like a it's like a system agnostic RPG thing, but it's just all about like random mutations. But it's just the most huge collection of random mutations. <laughs> and uh, there's some great games online of people playing it and it being crazy. It, I mean, for, <laughs> for for Ismay later, it, it's the it's it, it's uh, there's 
there's there's there's a, a a one shot called Daikia, which takes place in a in a in a post apocalyptic IKEA. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that's what you said. That's very yeah. good. It's it's um, it's extremely good, and all the, the it's just all of these players, and they just get really, really, really screwed up <laughs> by radiation, <laughs> and it, it gets pretty wild. Like there's one of them ends up he like turning he's like a bear, and then he has like really long ears for some reason, and then eventually he ends up like merging into the floor. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just looking at this grog table still, and I've just found my favorite. The PC becomes a wear saxophone player. <laughs> On the night of the full moon, you get a suit and you become a blues brother. It's fantastic. Oh, I love this. <laughs> oh, that's that's but that is the best thing I've heard. It would be like time. a blues oh brother because he would be howling. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, any other any other cool random tables? Definitely make sure check out not only Xanathar's but actually read through the DMG because mm. uh, the random tables on there you can straight up use to generate a quest because there's been a night where I am planning on running and I had no idea what I was going to do. I spent all morning racking my brain and then I went to the DMG for inspiration and they're like, oh, here's like 10 tables you can roll on and I rolled and while I was out doing grocery shopping with, because of the roles and what it told me to do, I was able to engineer a quest that totally made sense within world and with what we were doing based on that. Mm. And it took me like an hour and a half to write. Definitely don't discount the core books in trying to put stuff together. Use them. They're your tools. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think that um, pretty much brings us to the end of our allotted time. Shall we go over some plugs? Chase, why don't you give us your plugs for this week? Absolutely. Uh, well, like I, uh, as I said at the top, my name is Chase Greenley. I, you can find me on uh, at TQ Loudly on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on my actual play podcast, Another Path, uh, where we uh, definitely steer into the improv uh, side of the actual play experience you can also find me on a new podcast it's just getting off the ground so we don't have a feed quite yet however you can find uh the exquisite lich at exquisite lich on twitter uh we've got the uh first episode the pilot that i also ran on uh youtube that you can get through there uh there's also a link through uh, libsyn as well if you're kind of depending on what's most convenient for you uh that one is going to be kind of a collaborative world collaborative experience between a bunch of people in the actual play community um and we're just getting things kicked off there but uh that's a really good time too awesome uh the exquisite lich is the favorite is it sounds extremely good to my ears uh yes it's it's a lot of fun um either we have done two games for it so far like i said i ran the first and i played in a uh, goblin rat catcher game for the second each of the games so far has been total i mean obviously both there's only two games uh but the idea is that each game is going to be run by different dms with different players and uh, all expla- uh, exploring a community-driven and created world. So um, we're having a lot of fun with that concept. And I think as of right now, we're we're working on getting uh, Game 3 put together. And once we have a couple of episodes worth, we will probably go live with an actual feed and keep things going. Awesome. Uh, Owen, how about you? Hello. Yes. Um, so as, like I said at the top, my name is Owen Piper. You can find me at the Owen Piper on Twitter. 
Uh, I have two podcasts. Um, the first is called Think of the Children. It's like a comedy show in which we try to ruin your childhood by a profane ritual. Ismay was on it one time and it was really good, but also never <laughs> ended. Um, so, you know, maybe listen to it. It's a good, it's a good time. I do another show called It's a D&D Actual Play Podcast uh, called Not Saving the Realm. It's all on iTunes. Uh, you can find my shows on Twitter at TOTCCast and at Not Saving Realms. If you like D&D or you just like listening to my voice, they, those, those are probably the best ways to do it. Well, cool. Uh, so as for us, you can find us on Twitter at crit underscore chat. Uh, you can talk to us there by tagging us or using the hashtag crit chat. Uh, you can also like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash crit chat or one word. Uh, and see the just the weird the weird the just the, the you know the stuff that we post it's it can be it can be a journey uh but wherever you're listening uh if you go into the description to find our discord channel uh, to join in on the discussion as well as the link to our soundcloud where you can listen to and download previous episodes as well as giving us a like and a follow and you can also find us on itunes by searching for crit chat in podcasts and leave a five-star review for this five-star show and also be sure to follow a teacup gamer on twitch uh, that's Ismay's channel, uh, and we live stream most weeks there on Twitch. Uh, but until then, I've been Alfred. I've been Emily. I've been Chase. And I've been Owen Piper, the funny joke gremlin. I'm, I want to handle warlock testicles. <laughs> and you've been listening to Crit Chat. Join us live on Twitch, Tuesdays at 5pm on A Teacup Gamer.